Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by ThatLeisureShop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome back to the Motorhome Matt podcast. My name's Keith Gooden and with me, our expert as usual, it's Motorhome Matt Sims. Hello, Keith. And how are you? Fine, thanks. And you? I'm good. Yeah, Excellent. very good. Yeah, nice to be back. Brilliant. We're talking today mainly about travelling safely in your motorhome and how you can get caught out if you don't know the law. But before we do that, let's talk about the big show, the NEC show in Birmingham for motorhomes and caravans. You're going to be there. We're going to be there. What's going on? Well, there's lots going on. It's going to be huge. It's getting ever closer. It's nice to be back at the show, I have to say. been a few years off. February was brilliant, big success. The October show is bigger still. If you've never been, I encourage you to go. If you're thinking of buying a caravan, campervan or motorhome, then there are going to be hundreds and hundreds of them there on display, brand new to, for you to look at and go and climb all over uh, and go and explore. So it's a fantastic show. Loads of accessory stands as well. So lots to see, lots to do. It's a six-day show. You could easily spend two days going around it and still not see all of it. So if you're thinking of going and you've not yet got tickets, there's something you need to know, isn't there? There is. Uh, you can get a discount through this very podcast. Hooray. Don't contact us. You go onto the ticketing website for the NEC Motorhome and Caravan show. And when it asks you for a code, put EX1 in. That's E for Echo, X for X-Ray, 1. And you will get a discount. You will. And you'll save a few pounds. We're going to be there. We're going to be doing the podcasts and also scattered about the show doing interviews. So please come up, say hello. Uh, and we've got some of your comments coming up later on. Now, we have got competition entries for you to win free tickets, not discounted, free tickets. How do people do that then, Matt? So we want your stories, your funny stories, your disaster stories, or just a memorable experience you had in your camper van, motorhome or caravan. We want you to share them with us so we can share them with the rest of our listeners. Try and make us laugh, try and make us cry. And you can do that by recording them or submitting them via a form on our website at motorhomemat.co.uk forward slash ask Matt. Now, if you head there, you can press the orange button, record your story and submit it to us. It's really, really simple to do. If you're not sure about doing that or don't like the sound of your own voice, you can submit your story on a form and just press submit and we'll get that on an email. And we hope to include them in a future episode. And the best one, we will decide what best means. We'll win a pair of tickets to the show. Six pairs to give away. Six pairs to give away. So you've got six chances. So your stories, please, about motorhoming, uh, whether it is disasters or heartwarming, whatever it is we want to know. That address again, Matt, is? motorhomematcouk forward slash ask Matt. Well, when you're on there, say your name and where you're from as well. Six pairs of tickets to give away. Don't delay. Get on there and do it now. Uh, We'll mention it again before the end of the podcast in case you didn't have a pen and paper and didn't write it all down. But we want you to take part and come and say hi to us at the big show as well. Do you own a motorhome, caravan, campervan or tent? Head to thatleisureshop.com for all your outdoor living essentials outdoor furniture, leisure vehicle spares, accessories and more. Visit us in-store or shop online. Quote the discount code at the checkout, Motorhome Matt, and get £10 off when you spend £100. Thatleisureshop.com, proud to bring you the Motorhome Matt podcast, ready 
for the adventure. Hi everyone, I wanted to announce our first winner of a pair of tickets to the Motorhome and Caravan Show at the NEC. Donna, congratulations, we loved your story. It really moved us and there's a pair of tickets for you to go to the show. Now Donna's story is very moving and contains the story of her miscarriage. And if you'd rather not listen to it, we understand that if you skip forward 90 seconds, you'll be able to skip over the story and get back into the podcast. Donna's story starts, my caravan holiday saved my life. Well, that got us hooked straight away. She wrote, a few years ago when the kids were smaller, I had a miscarriage at four months into my pregnancy. My dad suggested that instead of coming home, we go away in their touring caravan. A great idea, we thought. We told the kids, packed up, and after a checkup from the doctor, who said all was good, we went on our way. An amazing first few days. Tuesday morning, I got up to give the husband a lion after he'd done all the driving. I got the Aquarol water carrier, filled it with fresh water, and dragged it back to the caravan. It was very heavy. 20 minutes later, I collapsed. My husband rang an ambulance and we went straight to hospital for an emergency operation. It turns out I had septicemia and just 12 hours to live. Pulling that water carrier literally saved my life. I recovered a few weeks later. Wow, what a truly incredible story. And Donna, we're so happy that you felt able to share it with us. And we don't want to make light of the situation at all. And we understand how distressing a story like this could be for individuals and families. It's an important issue that affects many people. And if you're affected by it and need to talk to someone, there's a great charity called the Miscarriage Association who you can find on the internet at www.miscarriageassociation.org.uk. Donna, congratulations and thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you at the show. Hi, Matt. My partner and I are looking to buy a motorhome with a rear lounge. There's only two seatbelts in the front, but we want to take our children with us and they're both under 10. Can we fit seatbelts in the back? What are the rules? Love the podcast. So that is Eric contacted us via the website, Matt, and that's what we're talking about today. Travelling safely, specifically children and seatbelts. Eric was one of a number of people with questions about seatbelts and and preparing to travel safely. I mean, obviously, there's before you go off on any trip, there's all the obvious things you should do. So checking your oil, checking your tyres. Tyres are really important. Tyre pressure, tyre condition, tyre age. It's easy to forget how long the tyre has been fitted. If they're more than seven years old, then it's recommended you change them. And there's a little pill-shaped badge on the side wall of the tyre. It has four numbers on it. So, if, for example, it might say 0215. And that means that tyre was made in February 2015. So now you should be replacing that tyre because that would be seven years old. And you can find it. It's about the size of your thumbnail. It's a pill shape with those four numbers in so tyres go stale, do they? they get, well, they go out of date. So it's definitely worth checking them. And on a motorhome, of course, or caravan, they're stood for a long period of time, not being moved. And the sun can damage them, cause the sidewall to crack. If you've clipped a kerb in the past, that can cause the tyre over time to bulge. And in the tread pattern, look for cracks as well. That can cause a blowout, which is the type of thing you don't want to happen in a motorhome or a caravan. Even a little bulge on the sidewall of your tyre could mean it blows out on the motorway. And you don't want that. And tyres aren't like the ones you had on your bikes. Uh, There's a lot more metal in them and a lot more uh, technology than you think. So make sure you do inspect them. But I didn't know they could go out of date. They do, yeah. 
Uh, OK, then. Uh, what about the seatbelts, then? Uh, so this is Eric's question. So the rules around seatbelts are actually black and white. I've always found that some motorhome salesmen make it a bit grey. You know, so you can buy a motorhome that's a six berth, so six of you can sleep in it, and it has two seatbelts, just the front passenger and front driver. They have they are they have to be three point seatbelts, and there are no seatbelts in the back because the layout is two side sofas and a big bed at the back. So when you say three point seatbelt, what do you mean? So it comes over your shoulder uh, and goes down to the diagonally to the opposite hip, mm. and then across your waist to the other hip. So it's mounted at three points. A two point belt is a, what we call a lap belt. I've got you. And a five-point belt, which some people use for children, sometimes on aeroplanes, yeah. are the ones that go over your shoulders and around your waist and yeah. click in the middle with a big That's what I'd want if I was going on a trip with you <laughs> and you're driving. That's advisable. <laughs> now, the law specifies minimum standards, doesn't it? Everybody says, well, I've done, I've done what it says in the law. Those are minimum standards. You want to keep your family and your friends yeah. safe. So it's best to go above and beyond them. Absolutely. And there are, there are very strong rules about fitting seatbelts. They have to be fitted to the chassis they can't just be screwed to the wooden carcass of the seat uh, so they have to be bonded to the chassis there must be a headrest and they can only be forward or rear facing another factor is how many uh, traveling seats is your motorhome registered to have on the dvla so on your v5 that's blue and red registration document that we often talk about and it will say on there how many traveling seats are in it so just randomly adding seat belts is not the option you can't just do that. I would recommend you never did that, especially a sideways one that is deemed to be very, very unsafe. You could impact your insurance as well if you add seat belts, so you're adding travelling seats, and you're going to be adding weight to the motorhome, the payload that it can carry, and we've talked about payload at length, but that load that it can carry is based on the number of travelling seats. So if you add another passenger, you could push the motorhome overweight. Good idea to be mindful of that. And there are some key dates that you need to know. Back in October 1988, all front seats had to carry a seatbelt. And, I mean, finding motorhomes that are that old is, you know, possible. And then on the 20th of October 2007, the rules around how many people a motorhome could carry was determined by the number of seatbelts. So if it had four seatbelts, it could only carry four people so you can't tie granny into the divan at the back uh, and, and, <laughs> and imagine that she's safe so after october 2007 if you've got four seat belts then you can take four passengers and nobody else floating around inside exactly yeah you mentioned there about uh, the amount of people and uh, you know loading that's a big part of traveling safe isn't it in the motorhome yeah, it is. And making sure you're loaded safely, that you know, you're spreading the weight over the axles evenly. You're not overloading an axle. That's really important. Things like considering water. Are you carrying a full tank of water? Yeah, that could be 100 kilos. Um, half a tank of water, obviously half the weight, but it becomes a dynamic load. So you go around a roundabout and it's sloshing it's around. Sloshing around, yeah. It's like having me in the back. And people it, say, well, side to side. I, I filled up with, with, with fuel and that sl- doesn't slosh around. It has baffles. It has little compartments in the fuel tank to stop that happening. Your water tank doesn't. No. There you no. go. And, so, and, and you've advised in past podcasts, why not just fill your water up when you get to where you're going? Exactly. Yeah, why travel with it for? You're going to use your more fuel because you're carrying more weight. So you know, loading safely is really important. You've got a bike rack, making sure that that's safe and secure. If you're putting stuff on the roof, again, making sure that that's tied down safely. Common sense, you know. Seat belts, though, adding seat belts is a no-no. Uh, I've seen them added many times sideways, and it just nullifies the value of the vehicle potentially 
Now, interestingly, the rules about children and seatbelts, did you know that a child under three cannot travel if there's no belted seat available? You've got to leave them at home. So if you've bought a four-birth motorhome with four seatbelts, you've got three kids and you're two adults, well, pick your least favourite. <laughs> so, you know, when you're buying a motorhome, you need to think about how many seatbelts do I need? If it's older than 2007, then the rules are a little relaxed because you know it was before the law about belted seats. But even then, if you're travelling over 60 mile an hour and you've got someone sat in the back and they're not belted in, you could fall foul of the law. Police yep. could stop you. And we'll repeat it again and again and again. No homemade seat belts. You can't do it. You must get experts to fit them. The laws are very strict. And if you're done, you will be done Right, proper. Yeah, £100 a passenger, and potentially, if it goes to court, £500 fine for the driver. The general condition, I mean, I mentioned tyres, but condition of the windscreen wipers, are all the bulbs working? Again, it's common sense. It's worth just spending a few minutes before you travel, just checking everything through, because you may not have used it for a few weeks, and you don't know what's happened in the time that it's been stood there. Walk around it, check the condition of panels. You know, nothing's come loose, garage doors are locked properly, and so on. And preparation. Why is that important when you want to travel uh, safely? Because, you know, people do a lot of preparation, don't they? You know, you think about where you're going, what you're doing, the fuel, as you say, the water. That's all preparation, isn't it? But what do people forget? Checking levels, engine oil, uh, washer fluid. That's a classic to forget. I'm always forgetting that one. And that's an MOT fail as well yeah, if your washers true. don't work. Yeah. And light bulbs, you know, check that side lights, indicators are all working. Modern, newer vehicles will tell you when a light bulb's blown on the dash, uh, which is dead handy. Often confuses people because, you know, light comes on and orange like, what's wrong? And it's a blown indicator bulb. But it's just going around the fog light. You don't know if you're going to be driving and you're going to encounter fog. You know, check it's working. Just spend a few minutes, as I say, just preparing for the trip and you could you know, save yourself a whole host of problems and a lot of trouble if you if you, you know, just take a few minutes just to check the vehicle around and check everything's operating properly. Now, that sounds like obvious stuff, but a lot of people just say, ah, OK, it's Friday, let's, let's, let's just jump in and, uh, and go. But those extra bits of preparation do make all the difference. And of course, if, you know, you haven't checked that you've got enough fuel in there and then you're praying because you're on fumes for the next fuel station or... <laughs> You know, if you have been silly enough to fill up your water tank and just just double check. I mean, that's everybody knows it's obvious. There's nothing wrong with filling your water tank before you go. No. I mean, if you're going, you know, if you're going to stop somewhere where there's no campsite and no facilities, then you're going to need you're water. Need it anyway, yeah. You know, so there's no harm in doing that at all. But it's just being mindful that if you filled the water tank, you're going to be carrying quite a lot of extra weight and using more fuel. Yes, absolutely. With children as well, if they're talking about them being three, it's a really magic age. Not only can they not travel if there's no belt seat but they can travel in the back without a seat belt this is really? on, on the gov website yeah so that rule was created so that children could travel in a taxi or hackney carriage van or bus with no seat belt so you can have a small child without a seat belt not on somebody's lap in the back of your motorhome provided they're over three yeah would you no of course not <laughs> no i mean they're meant to be in a car seat until they're 12 or 135 centimetres tall. And they should be in a car seat, the appropriate car seat, with a seat belt. And, and, you know, if you're travelling with children, please don't travel with them unbelted. You know, I've often seen motorhomes, particularly with the rear lounge layout, like a U-shaped lounge at the back. And I've seen a family of six or seven sat back there with Dad at the wheel, 
And you just think it's so dangerous. You know, please don't do it. It is dangerous. And it's not necessarily a collision that's going to do you in. It's somebody cutting in front of you and you having to avoid them or you hitting the curb. Any number of things could happen in which people can be thrown around inside the cabin and sustain an injury. It's easy to break an arm. Uh, let's just yeah. go br- briefly. If, if you go to France, we mentioned France a lot here. <laughs> no kids allowed in the front of the car in France. If they're under 10, nope, not allowed in the front. I didn't know that until I looked into this when we went to France for the first time. And kids love sitting in the front it's, and will nag you. Yeah, they did. If they're under 10, Forward or rearward facing seats. If they're baby, they'll be rear facing. They're not allowed to sit in the front yep. unless there is not a seat belt for them to sit restrained by in the back. So that's the condition. And as I've said before, when it comes to driving on the continent, particularly in France and Spain, uh, they will pull you over and the fines are instant. They will escort you to a, a cash point and take the money away from you. It's not like over here. So uh, you can't argue with them because they've got guns. <laughs> so never argue with a man with a gun. That's what I always say. Uh, or a woman. Uh, okay, and finally, payload. Uh, now, now we, we did our driving laws episode, didn't we? And we've done a payload episode separately yeah. so you can get much more detail there. Yeah. Uh, but these things, which I said, should be obvious to you. Just double-check them again and again and again. It's just being mindful of what is the payload of the vehicle, what can you carry in terms of weight and it's understanding what your unladen weight is and what your maximum weight is Uh, and the difference between the two is your payload and how much do your shoes and beer and you know fancy hats uh, cost in weight fancy Um, hats yeah (laughs) how many fancy hats do you take with you then (laughs) fancy shirt Got that shirt on again. We hope that's been some help for you for travelling in safely. Uh, you make sure you stow those fancy hats, whatever you do. <laughs> some of them are heavy. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> we'll put a gallery of Matt in his fancy hats up at one some stage in the future. <laughs> what we're going to do uh, now is. Uh, just a couple of questions people have been sending us, actually, yeah. uh, on, the Thank web- you. on the website. Thanks very much. Adrian has uh, written to us, and he said, I've just discovered your channel, so I'll be uh, watching and listening more on my journey, I hope, to Motorhome Matt. Can I ask, is there a perfect A-class motorhome for five people with five seat belts that isn't huge and doesn't cost the earth? And here, with the rabbit from the hat, is Matt Sims. <laughs> Stand by, Adrian. That's a yeah. Here we go. That's a great question. We actually looked for an A-class motorhome years ago that had more than four seatbelts, and I could not find one. I couldn't find one. It's a spot-on question. We actually ended up buying an American RV, you know, big motorhome, had six seatbelts, uh, and slept eight. Had a quarter bath. So A-class motorhomes, I guess, traditionally aimed at couples. Uh, they're not necessarily in that realm of a family motorhome. So when it says A-class, what does it mean? Okay, yeah, good point. Sorry. So it looks like a bus. So it's got a great big windscreen. When when it's built, there is no f- original van cab. So the bonnet is taken away and it's delivered with two seats and a steering wheel and the chassis. And then the motorhome manufacturer builds the entire body and a big windscreen on the front. And they can often be referred to as looking like a bus. They're the head turners on any campsite. An A-class will roll in and everyone go, ooh, <laughs> look at them. They're standing there in their fancy hats. Yeah. As he goes by. <laughs> <laughs> and they traditionally don't have five seatbelts. Now, you could perhaps retrospectively fit one. Kind of ties in quite nicely, this, doesn't it? Provided you have forward or rearward facing seating 
capability with a headrest. If it's rearward facing, it could be a lap belt. If it's forward facing, it has to be, I would suggest, a three-point belt. So one over your shoulder like you have in the car. Payload would be one of the reasons A-class motorhomes don't have a fifth belt because it would just make them too heavy. And and the fact that, as I say, they are they are geared more toward a market that is two couples or couples on their own. And almost the fact that rear seat belts are, you know, just a, an extra, really, not even a necessity. And I'd say most A-classes are probably owned by, by couples and not by families. So I think you're in for a challenge, Adrian, to try and find one. I actually, before answering this question, did search hard for an A-class with five seat belts. Couldn't find one. So the answer to your question, Adrian, is no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. Uh, Wayne's written to us. Hi, Matt. Uh, I'm new to motorhoming and looking to get a 12-volt mobile router for Wi-Fi. Ooh. Any suggestions? I'm assuming you want to run a laptop. You can, of course, just use your phone. Tether it. There are specific uh, MiFi units that you can buy. Uh, Hawaii, is that how you say that? Huawei, the Chinese company. Yeah, it begins with an Not H. Not Hawaii, Huawei. Huawei. <laughs> you say that. What? That. Say what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the fancy hats. Yeah. Can I go home yet? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so oh, you mean Huawei? Huawei. Mm. Huawei. So, they make a great little MiFi unit. I mean, there's lots of them out there, of course. They have a SIM card in, like a mobile phone, and they're data only. Um, and you can mount a Wi-Fi aerial on the roof of the motorhome. So, it means drilling the motorhome, potentially, and then that's permanently on the motorhome, and the MiFi unit just clips in and you, you connect the aerials. There's a company called Motorhome Wi-Fi. They're one of a number of companies that will install this for you or supply you, and then you could get a mobile install to fit it and that's a great way of having permanent wi-fi connection in your motorhome the benefit then and this is why i ask what do you want to do with it you could potentially then watch amazon you can stream tv you can watch netflix bbc you can run an apple tv player as well so you can watch tv without having an area all over the internet you can wayne okay i hope that's answered your question david has written in and says what van is best to convert into an off-grid camper with a budget of up to twenty-five thousand pounds I'm assuming the 25,000 includes the conversion. Any van, really. If you want all-terrain tyres, you can fit the BF Goodrich ones to, to anything. I would be looking at Fiat Ducatos, Vauxhall Mavanos, uh, Sprinters, if they're in good enough condition and not too rusty, because they're very prone to that. It's all about the condition of the, or the, the quality of the conversion as well and what features and functions you want in it. Um, I, I would say go for a van with a great service history, in good condition, in terms of the conversion inside, you can buy conversion kits, of course, that will fit and designed to go in a van, particularly the VW models, so T5, T6, or older than that even, uh, and the Crafter as well. There are converters that will build furniture for you that you can just fit straight in. But if you want to do a custom conversion, that potentially could be cheaper because you're making it yourself. Um, so I, would, I don't think there's a specific van that would be favourite for this. Fiat Ducato are favoured by the factory manufacturers, largely because the the chassis is built in such a way there's lots of space for water tanks, cabling and so on. That's one of the reasons Fiat, Peugeot, Citroën are so popular. Uh, And cost as well. Another factor is the uh, maxi chassis feature of those makes. So the rear wheels are wider apart than the front. And that aids the stability. So on corners, it's not rocking around so much. Um, and those are some of the reasons that, that those makes 
are, you know, I think it was 88 point something percent of the motorhome market last time I looked. Yeah, and they are very, very popular. You know, I'd consider one of those brands for those reasons. Uh, fantastic. Does £25,000, by the way, is that enough budget for, for doing a conversion like that? I think you're probably going to end up doing a lot of it yourself. Yes, it it could be. I mean, how much will the van, the basic van, cost you? That's going to cost you what twelve or fifteen on its own. Yeah, if if it was if it was sort of two thousand ten onwards, I mean, vans have just gone up in price, ridiculous. Uh, we source them for we do we have a horse box conversion business here, uh, and it's just getting increasingly hard to find the vans we want with the mileage on at the age they are to to become a donor van to become a horse box so you're going to have to search uh lease companies aren't selling out of them the way they used to because the new ones aren't available they're hanging on to them for longer so that means that supply is short and the prices are up so it's it's just searching high and low and finding the right van as i say service history is going to be key over body condition that can be fixed service history you can't fix that Thanks for the uh, question, David. If uh, you are listening or watching this and uh, you want to ask Matt a question, what should they do, Matt? You can get in touch with us at motorhomemat.co.uk forward slash askmatt. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.